0: Turn with me this morning to the book of Psalms, Chapter Twenty Three Psalms Twenty Three. While y'all are finding your place there, you probably noticed that uh, my lovely wife is not here today. She uh, She's okay, she's not sick or anything like that. Her and uh, Hannah went to a concert last night down in Houston. It was a, a Christian concert, nobody start letting your mind run while, <laughs> uh, it was at a church down south of Houston and uh, Sheila gave us some tickets to go and uh she intended it to be for our anniversary and uh but I knew Hannah had already mentioned wanting to go so i I just sent them on and uh so uh they got done with that late and decided to stay the night and they'll be back today but uh man it's been twenty eight years. I wish my wife was here to to uh share with it uh and maybe we can do that next week but Uh, What a blessing she has been in my life. And I say that today not not to build her up somehow, but to to, what I want to do is I'm going to start out this way because it ties in with the message. Um, You see, God knew what I needed before I did. He knew what my wife would be before she was that. And what a blessing to serve a God that knows your beginning and your end and everything in between and He knows how to supply your need according to His riches and glory. You see, my God knew the kind of wife I needed before I was ever a pastor. He knew the kind of pastor's wife she would be before she ever knew she was going to be one. What a blessing. 28 years. And man, that makes me sound old. And some of y'all are saying, well, yeah, (laughs) you are. (laughs) No, I'm not that old, y'all. Calm down. I was also really young when I got married. I was 19, so um, it's only by the grace of God. It's only by the grace of God. I have uh, done my share of trying to make a mess of that thing. (laughs) Um, But God is faithful. And so today we're going to start in the book of Psalms 23. And uh, what I want to talk to you today is about overflowing blessings. David begins in verse 1, and I'm sure a lot of you have this memorized. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Y'all, as we read this passage this morning, you can see that David recognizes how God has intervened in his life. That God didn't just... You know, put him out there and let's see what happens. But all along the way, God has moved and intervened and guided him and directed him and provided for him. He uses this example of a sheep and a shepherd. Because David was a shepherd before he became king. David knew what it was like to deal with sheep. Y'all, sheep are not smart animals. How funny is it that we are, we are uh, kind of linked to sheep as a symbol of, of our relationship with God. They're not really able to do anything for themselves. They can't find their own food and water. That's pretty bad. They can't really defend themselves. They often find themselves in precarious or possibly even dangerous situations and they need help to get out of it. They will wander off if someone isn't keeping watch over them and bringing them back into the flock continuously. There's times that a sheep, because of the wool and everything that's on them, they'll just get tangled up in briars and can't do nothing. They're just stuck crying out for help. There's times that they will get these these little mites that get into their ears. This is why they anoint the head of the sheep with oil. These mites will get into their ears and begin to just dig in, and this sheep will go crazy. They will run into rocks and walls and trees trying to stop this. They will end up killing themselves because of those things in their ears. These are pathetic animals. Like I said, they'll just wander off. There's times that the shepherd will have to take the crook of his staff and break the leg of a sheep so that he can't wander off. He has to stay... Limping along with the rest of the flock because he don't have any other choice, and they do that as a way of correction. They don't do it because they want to harm the sheep. They do it as a way to keep him close so he stays protected. Sheep are dumb. <laughs> and here we are. Just look at us. <laughs> but I want you to see what David sees here. Because of his experience as a shepherd, he's aware of the abundance of blessings that God has put in his life. He knew there were times that he wandered. He knew there were times that he did the wrong thing. He went the wrong way. He didn't know how to provide for himself. He didn't know how to defend himself and couldn't. But God did it for him. He saw the connection between what he had done for sheep and what God had done for him. He was abundantly aware of God's actions in his life. He recognized that none of the blessings he had would have been available without the shepherd. You know, most animals, I've got a cat over there, uh, we try not to feed him too much. He'll go find something to eat. He's a predator. He will find something to eat. You don't have to worry about a cat starving to death unless you lock him in a box somewhere. He will get out there and hunt. A sheep won't. They'll be hunted. And y'all, that's where we are. We, if we are living right, are in complete dependence on our Lord. We should be. We shouldn't get out there and try to pretend we're a predator when we're a sheep. I want you to look at verse 5. This is where I really want to focus today. David said, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Again, he's looking at those blessings. I want you to just think about your own life for a moment. I want you to think about all the times in your life where God has blessed you. Maybe you're sitting here today and you can't identify those things because you don't have a a really strong relationship with God, but I want you to think about times where, for some unknown reason, things went right in your life when it shouldn't. I want you to think about um, times where maybe there were enemies that were against you and for some reason everything they tried to do just became nothing and you still come out good with blessings, and favor with other people. Somehow, through that trouble, you prospered. David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's going to take care of all my needs. Y'all, I think about what God has done in my life. And it's real easy for us to immediately want to go to a material blessing. And there's plenty of them too. But think about all of the things God has done. Think about your your family, your children, your, your loved ones, your friends, your workers that you work with on a daily basis or go to school with on a daily basis. Think about all those people around you and how God has moved and maybe even used you to minister to someone and meet them at the point of their need. He starts out and he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He talks about how He's going to cause him to be fed and be, be, have water to drink so that he's not thirsty. And how He restores him and He leads him. But then what does He say? In verse 4, He says, Even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That does not sound like a good place to be. But we've found ourselves there before. Some of you sitting here today may be saying, man, I'm going through a valley that's got a shadow of death looming over me right now. Why would the shepherd even let you get in there, right? If he's a good shepherd, why did he lead you there? Sometimes you've got to go through things to get to the good. He said, even though I'm going through that valley, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Now we need to know the shepherd. We need to know that he's with us. Maybe you need to ask that question today: is he with me? Is he my Lord? Is the Lord my shepherd? Those are three very distinct questions that all need an answer. Because, see, you can't just say, I want Him to guide me and direct me, but I'm not going to let Him be Lord of my life. You can't say, I want you to be Lord of my life, but I'm going to guide and direct myself. You can't say, I want Him to be with me, but I got this, I'm going to go my own way. You just stay with me, God. That's not how it works, church. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, well, I'm not a Christian. None of this applies to me. And I would say, well, you're right. None of this applies to you if you're not a child of God, if you're not a Christian. And that's sad because there's a lot of good in Psalms 23. But if you're not a Christian, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, none of that good there applies to you. Now, I want to just follow that up with because I know that's kind of a hard statement. I want to follow that up with that's not God's desire. His desire is not that you stay outside of his good will, that you stay outside of the blessings and the provision of God and his guidance and direction. His will is that you come in. That you be a part of the flock that you are one that He tends to, that He loves and cares about. His will is that none would perish, but that all would have eternal life. Sheep don't have to figure out when to eat. The shepherd leads the sheep to a place. Hear me. They don't have to figure out when, how, where, what, nothing. The shepherd leads a sheep to a place where there's good food. A good shepherd leads a flock to good food. A good shepherd, you understand that a good place to eat is a place that's safe. A place that the sheep don't have to be stressed, worried about something about to attack them because they're with the shepherd. He knew where he was taking them before they even left. He knew where we're going is a good place to eat. Sheep don't have to worry about when they're going to receive that provision. They just stay close to the shepherd. Is that you today, church? Everybody that's sitting here listening to my voice, is that you today? Can you say the Lord is my shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. My Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That needs to be our motto. It needs to be the thing we wake up in the morning because, y'all, you're going to leave this place today and before the day's over, there's going to be a need in your life. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning and there's going to be a reason for you to cry out and say, God, I need this. I need that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... What what does that tell you? It's a a source of encouragement if you're a child of God because you can say, the Lord knows I'm going to need that before I even get to the point of needing it. If I stay close to Him, He's going to lead me right where I need to be. Can you call Him Lord? Can you say that you allow Him to lead you? In Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, it says, Therefore He is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him. Talking about Jesus Christ. Since He always lives to make intercession for them. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've you've thought at times about surrendering your life to God and saying, God, I want You to be Lord. I want You to lead me. But there's something that keeps you hanging back. That something that says, "There's too much in my past. There's too much bad that I've done. There's too much bad that I've experienced. There's too much bad that's been done to me." Says he is also able to save. To the uttermost. What does uttermost mean? That's not a word we use today much. It means to the greatest extent, or completely, or perfectly. He can save you to the greatest extent, completely, perfectly. What does that mean? It means that He's not just got a list of things that He can knock out and the other stuff you're on your own dealing with. I mean, I'll save you this much, but the other stuff, man, what in the world were you thinking? I can't do nothing about that. That's not God's way. God says, if if I'm going to save you, if I'm going to send my son to die as a sacrifice on an old wooden cross and take a punishment for you, we're going to do all of it all at one time. I want you to understand today that salvation is for everyone, but not everyone will be saved. Salvation is available. There was enough sacrifice made by the shedding of His blood to cover all sin, no matter who it might be, but not everyone will receive it. Is that you today? Are you the one that's going to sit here and say, you know what, I know God is supposed to be good, but man, I ain't giving that up. Second Peter 3 and 9. As the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness but is long suffering toward us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance everybody knows John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he sent his only son huh y'all, y'all know that one you've heard it you've probably seen the references at baseball games His desire is not that anybody goes to hell. He he didn't even design hell for you. But we, by our own sin, have rejected Him. Rejected the thing that's good, the thing that's true, the thing that's right and holy. And we said we want to go our own way. He sent His Son to make a way for you even in spite of that. And today, you have a chance. I can't tell you about tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow. I'm not going to try to scare anybody more than you need to be. I'm just telling you, I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know if you'll have a chance or not, but I know right now you have an opportunity. You can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today if only you will do one thing. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if you believe in your heart, that God raised Him from the dead, and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. It is just that simple. If you're here today and you say, I know I am saved, I know I am a child of God, I want you to just take a moment and take an account of the past year of your life and look at the ways God has blessed you in a manner that overflows. And you're saying, well, I ain't seen none of that. Well, you ain't looked hard enough. I'm here today to tell you that if you are a child of God and you're being led by Him, He is your Lord and your shepherd, your cup runs over. Now, some of us are grabbing Tupperware bowls running around that cup trying to catch everything we can and hold on to it. That's not why cups run over. That's not why you should be knowing about this overflow in your life. That overflow in your life needs to spill out onto somebody else. It needs to be a blessing to others around you because that's what God does. God moves in your life that you might can be used to moving others. Man, the blessings of, of God in my life have been so great. I, I don't know how to contain them. I don't want to. <laughs> I want to give. I want, to, I want things to just fall out of my life because it glorifies Him. It gives honor and glory to His name. His Word says that if He be lifted up, He will draw all men into Him. And that's what I want to see. I want to see the kingdom of God grow. I want it to grow, not in number alone, but I want to see people turning away from their sin and turning to Him to be led by the mighty God of all creation. The true King of kings. What has He done in your life? I remember years ago, I was struggling with some things in my in my life with some other people that were kind of attacking me in some ways. And and I will tell you, like, I really don't even remember the details of that. Thank God for that. I, I don't even remember the people who they were. And I don't mean that to try to make light of the people. I'm telling you, I'm thankful God has given me the ability to just forgive and forget and go on. But as I was going through that, I remember. I was praying one night and I was pretty distraught. I mean, I was really tore up over this. And uh, I was praying to God and, and immediately, I don't know that I had ever read the passage before. I surely didn't remember when the verse came to my mind. And it just like, just like I, I was watching a TV show and something popped up on the screen, in my mind popped up this verse. It said Isaiah 41 and 10. I had to go look it up. I didn't know what it said. But that verse, that passage that that I read was a direct answer to the prayer of what I was going through right there. And it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. All of those that were incensed against you will be made of nothing." Here I am today. Like I said, I can't even tell you who they were. Why? Because God's faithful. God is faithful. When God makes a promise to you, when God delivers His Word to you in some way, He is faithful to fulfill His Word. This is not my Word. This is not something I'm making up. I'm trying to share today with you what the Word of God says, and that alone. I'm here today to tell you that if you will surrender your life to Him, Whatever that means for you, it's going to be different for everybody. But I know this, you cannot rule your own life and go your own way and expect the blessings of God to overtake you and be overflowing in your life. You must submit to Him. You must call out to Him and say, God, lead me. God, guide me. I want You to be Lord in my life. Help me, God. And when you do that, it is a certainty. It is a sure thing. You know, people use that phrase all the time, you can take it to the bank. Well, this is one of those times. It is guaranteed that when you do that, you call on the name of the Lord, He will answer. He will move. Let's go to the Lord in prayer for a moment. Lord God, we come to you today. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're doing. And God, these next few moments, I ask that your Holy Spirit would move in a special way. Lord, you know the hearts of every person here, and I know that you have a longing desire to be in relationship with every one of them. I pray that you will move. In a mighty way, in Jesus' name, I bind the hand of the enemy as he would love to come and steal away this moment. Destroy the work of the Spirit in this moment and kill anyone he can. But I know you're greater. You're able. We ask it in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, You've never made Him Lord of your life. You can do that right now. I ask that you just simply slip your hand up right now and say, I want to be saved. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. If that's you today, I will gladly pray with you. I'm not going to try to embarrass you or nothing. I'm not going to try to make a scene. This is your chance though, like the Word says. Believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. And then confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you want to do that today, if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior and make Him shepherd in your life, just slip your hand up this morning. Alright, if you're here and you're a child of God, you've already been saved. Maybe you've been going the wrong way in your life for a little while. Maybe you've been teetering between letting Him rule and you kind of ruling yourself. You're saying in your own heart today, you know what, it's time for me to give this up and really let God rule. Maybe that's you today. If that's you, child of God, slip your hand up today and say, I want to start right now surrendering to Him and letting Him be my shepherd. If that's you, go ahead and slip your hand up. Let's go to the Lord. Father, you know the hearts of every person here. You know the work you're doing, God. And I commit it into your hands. Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, if there's any way, any part of my life that, that has not been in subjection to you, I surrender it right now, Lord. I want You to be in control of every aspect. I I want the blessings of God in my life, not just that I might consume them, but that they might overflow into others around me and lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, that You would be glorified. That You would draw others to You, Lord. Lord, move in this church. Move in a way we have not yet seen or imagined that we would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Lord, we just thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your long-suffering nature that holds on and waits for those to surrender who haven't. For those that have at some point, you you still are long-suffering with us, that we would, we would turn everything over to you and get things right and... Sometimes you have to come and get us and bring us back into the flock and maybe even crack a leg a little bit so that we won't wander so far. Thank you for correction, God. Thank you for love that you, so great that you chastise us when we need it. Lord, thank you for your word today. Brother Sam, will you dismiss for us, please?